This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Bringing you a common sense and fresh perspective to creating a just society. This is Common Sense on Social Justice. You'll get equipped with the tools you need to carry out social justice right where you are. Now, here's the host of Common Sense on Social Justice, Michael Davis. And thank you so much again for joining us today. I have guest father Jack Mossbrooker. Welcome back. Thank you. Six episodes later, we're here. (laughs) Although we have gone home and slept a few nights in between these, so for the listener, we're not just on a marathon here. But uh, we've talked a lot about employment injustice, and now we're going to talk about what to do about it, because this is where the tricky part gets, is in changing uh, laws, unjust laws that are in place. So that's what we're talking about today, how to uh, change an unjust law. Now, laws are necessary for an ordered society. That's hard for me to say because I'm a Dorothy Day anarchist. Uh, I, I don't belong to a political party, and I, I, I'm not an anarchist in the burned-down buildings violent terms. I'm a true historical Dorothy Day-style anarchist. So saying that laws are necessary for an order of society can be a little daunting to say, but it is true. I mean, we have to have agreements in place mm-hmm. to have, have a, a fluid motion with each other and getting along. However, many laws are just nasty, flat out nasty. And most, I think, should be eliminated or replaced. I think we have way too many laws on the books. Most of them just need to be shown the exit. But have you ever tried working with the government lately? That's where the task is daunting. I have worked with governments on various tasks. It is, it feels like you're uh, disappearing into an abyss at times and doing that. But uh, I can tell you that government often acts as a machine for slowly torturing you and then spitting you out. That's the way it feels sometimes. However, a few brave citizens like Martin Luther King Jr. and others have risen to the occasion and actually overturned unjust laws. And we can do that too. Uh, But how do we do that? Well, today, Father Jack and I are going to give you the tools to do just that help overturn unjust laws. So first of all, Father, I want to ask, is it possible to overturn unjust laws? Well, absolutely. And it's been done a number of times, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and, you know, when you, when you think about unjust laws, we're having a slew of them being passed uh, recently in our in our country. And yes. Voting laws, and, which are clearly unjust and, and are trying to eliminate certain people from voting. Mm-hmm. the possibility of voting and laws against uh, people who have some rights you know and just curbing those rights which are uh, mm-hmm. which are unjust yeah so though we have them I mean that's the reality they exist we used to have in fact in Oregon up until oh early 2000s we had a law on the books in in a city in Medford that said a black person could not be in the city after sundown <laughs> okay. Nice. 
There were a lot of those laws in Oregon. I wish they'd just be honest what they were thinking, right? <laughs> wow, that really did exist, huh? It was, I guess this existed wow. for hundreds, over 100 years. You know. and, wow. Uh, anyway, so there are, lot, there are unjust laws. And some of them are pretty obviously need to be just take, removed. Yeah, right. But others are tougher. And in Oregon, uh, at a state level, in Oregon we have a, an, an initiative process where you collect enough signatures for a particular law, and if it uh, if the law is uh, approved by the Secretary of State that's in the proper form, uh, then you can get it on the ballot, and people will vote for it. But if you want to get something on the ballot, you better better have be able to uh, first of all get a group of people who agree with you. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want an initiative, because you're going to have to collect a lot of signatures for an initiative, and a group, so you get a group of people who agree with you, and you build up sort of a, cons- a consensus among them, yeah. and you uh, you you know, and you build an agreement for work, and you're going to have to fund it. There'd be some money involved, etc. But you go out and get get signatures, and you have you have to get a certain number of signatures before it can get on the ballot. But they also you have to write a law, you know. <laughs> That's the fun part. One that doesn't have loopholes and obvious things because yeah. lawyers are going to pick it apart That's right. in the end. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and somebody will appeal it to oh, yeah. to some court. So, yeah. So there's, there's a lot of part, moving parts to this, you know, to, to changing an unjust law, to getting a law to negate an unjust law. And so, and those moving parts are like the legal part, getting it certainly formulating a law. Uh, as you said, so it doesn't have a lot of loopholes, you know, getting uh, the people behind it, getting the publicity out, mm. uh, getting uh, the signatures for an initiative out, and uh, that's a lot of work. And mm. But it can be done. It has been done. Well, now, the it seems to me that trying to change a law on the Senate floor like in Salem would be easier because you have to convince a few people whereas the ballot initiative you have to convince the entire state that's right right <laughs> so that's right a lot of tv you don't run tv commercials on the senate floor to try to convince <laughs> them <laughs> you gotta go talk to them so yeah that is a, that is a commercial sometimes <laughs> it is although you know the thing is when you're talking on the senate floor at least you can see their faces and reactions yeah. and they can see your face that you're not just some yeah uh, Screen. Well, and that is another way uh, to, to change law is to get the legislate legislature to change it. Mm-hmm. And uh, to do that, you have to, as you point out very well, you have to get to your, your, your representatives or your senators, state right. senators, and you have to get a number of them on board and mm-hmm. they have to work with them. What you do typically is... Uh, if you can get enough people to get your senator's mind changed and if he'll listen to you, mm-hmm. you might do it that way. The other way that people do it is they hire somebody mm-hmm. to schmooze with the senator. Yeah. It's called a lobbyist. Because yeah. <laughs> they hang out in the lobby or... Uh, That's it. <laughs> That's exactly it. I think we came from a, a, a Lincoln's time when they were hanging out in the lobby. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, you, you, but they, they're, they're people who, that's their job, to get uh, the representatives and senators to change their mind or to think in a particular way, and uh, but they cost money. 
because it's a joke. Well, and I think something that drives me up a wall is when I email the senator, my senator, a uh, representative, and tell them my opinion, and I get an email back that tells me their opinion, and I thought, well, in a representative or constitutional <laughs> republic, are you supposed to have an opinion yet? Or are you supposed to hear all of ours and then form one? <laughs> you know, but when they send me back a form letter with their thoughts on it, I thought, well, why am I telling you my thoughts? Obviously, you've made up your mind. <laughs> so, well, on the other hand, we went, we have, there used to have a, a political action day in January or February. And I went down there a couple of times and uh-huh. we were going to visit with my state senator. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, Senator, uh, we have a couple ideas. And he said, well, what about this one and this one and this one? <laughs> Everything I was going to say to him, he already knew. Oh. <laughs> he agreed with. So. He could have stayed home that day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> okay, so you've given us a good sweeping overview, overview. Now, where do we begin in this process? Good point. You begin with people. Okay. You begin with talking to your neighbor or your friends mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, and getting some opinion and formulate that opinion and you'd widen that group and you you have to figure out a way to get a group of people behind you so using uh organizations like if it's about school you know parent teachers associations things like that to to get it going but you just have to develop those people and that's a that can be a very difficult uh, part of the process is to develop those groups now we're going to begin getting into these steps from beginning to end, passage of the law or overturning or whatever, what timeline are we looking at? Oh, gosh, it depends. It just could be years. Oh, uh, not hours and days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally years. I mean, Martin yeah. Luther King Jr., it took him a very long time. And not, it wasn't just him. We had the people in the Nashville sit-ins at the caf- cafes and all that stuff who were involved in all of this. It took them a long time. Yeah. I just I see people in Oregon who want who want a law they want to, or they want to change something they want an initiative but they start so late it's never going to happen yeah exactly they, they can't they don't have the time right. so you have to really you have to really take the long view at once you know that if you're doing an initiative that's a long view you got to take a year a couple of years maybe to get that right the other if you go to the legislature same thing mm-hmm. you know you might. One session, you might not get anything. Mm-hmm. Next session, you might get a a little tweak of some sort, a little inkling that, that they're loosening up. Yeah. But you keep going back. You mm-hmm. keep just keep doing it. Jesus talked about an unjust judge and this little old woman who kept going every day and just <laughs> bugging this judge until he, yeah, just relented. Say, even though I am an unjust judge, I will give in to this woman's <laughs> demands or she's going to drive me crazy. Get her so, off my back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, so we've we've gathered some initial groups, initial momentum. Then what do we need to do? Well, then, as we mentioned earlier, then you need to formulate, get, get formulated an agreement about what the law that you want and how you want it formulated. Mm-hmm. Then the next step is to go out and collect signatures for an initiative in, in the state of Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, not every state has that option, though. Mm-hmm. So, Do you think it's better to go with the initiative or to go to the Senate? Well, it just depends. Mm-hmm. You know, It depends how good you are at building uh, relationships. 
Okay. And, and, and have the money to publicize it, you know, so that when it goes to a vote, it can, you, people know about it. Yeah. Because if it's not publicized, it, just the easiest thing to do is vote no. Yeah. But, so, yeah, it, it's, uh, it, if you have that skill and that ability, that's one way to go. The other way is to to get your legislator mm-hmm. and to you know put some pressure on them, and they they have meetings at, usually in the community. Mm-hmm. Go to those meetings. Get your group to go to those meetings. Okay, and uh, talk to them. You talk to them personally, or but or also talk to them in a meeting. Announce to him or her whatever it is you want and who you are, and that you're his constituents. People respond. Elected officials respond to votes. Oh yes, I remember one time we were trying to get something, and we uh, got a group of people together, filled a church mm-hmm. with people that had invited city commissioners. Well, when the two commissioners walked into that room, their eyes just got big. <laughs> yes, so I've never seen so many people. They said it was, they were impressed. Yes, and, and uh, that's another thing you can do is is uh, is get your group together and invite the legislator to your group. Mm-hmm. And that talk to him about at that group. Okay. So that now that's an interesting step that you bring in because we're I was going to talk about next steps because we're drafting some of the language for this, but that's a personal touch. Bring the legislator to your group. Yeah. yeah. And if you can, if you, we used to do that with uh, things we wanted to change in the city, you know, to bring a the person who could who has cap has the capability of changing that. To the to the meeting, and run a good meeting. Don't let people yell and scream at oh, them because yes. they'll just that'll be the end of it. They yeah. won't pay any attention to you. But run a good meeting, balanced. Present both. Present your side. Let somebody else, if they want, present the other side, or if he wants to present, and let him present her present their side, and then ask them a question. Will they do it? Will they work mm-hmm. with you? You know, just put it on the line with them because. Mm-hmm. That's what they're about. You know, that's what they're supposed to do: is be responsible to the voters. Right. And so, if you, you I don't think we use that often enough. You know, is to yeah. talk directly to the legislators. Correct. Yeah. All right. What's some next steps then? Well, then if if you do that, if you go that route, you know, talking to bring a legislator in, then you need to, then you need to work with him about how you can influence other legislators because mm-hmm. a vote is it's still a vote in the, even in the legislature and you got to get right. enough people so he could then help you to understand how to do that mm-hmm. but you still have to build enough power or build get enough people on board so that and maybe from other districts so that they can talk to their legislators mm-hmm. and get influence them so that's a lot of work there are legislators that see it your way they work with legislators that don't see it your way, but they know how to talk to those legislators. Exactly. So they have access that you don't. Mm-hmm. So basically there's no, it sounds like there's no real concrete process in this. It just depends. You you, you observe your current step and figure out what the next step needs to be. Yeah. Now let's go to the stuff that many listeners may wonder is uh, if I, let's go with the legislative direction first. How do I get it onto the floor? Uh, only the legislator can do that. Okay. So you do you have any, uh, like if I was leading this process, would I have any influence at getting this pushed onto the floor? 
Well, uh, the representatives and senators bring them up. Okay. They, they bring up those issues and onto the floor. They have to, you know, once you do that, you, you it's a it's a complicated process in the legislature. Uh, yeah. You know, it goes to a Surely committee. <laughs> goes to a committee. The committee uh, lets it out, so to speak, and it goes to uh, uh, somebody else. And if the if you can get if you can get that committee to approve it, then you can get it out on the floor. Mm-hmm. But then it goes through another process of debate and discussion, and and then it, uh, if it gets passed by one part of the of the legislature, it has to go to the other part, and then they have to agree on the whole thing. They might modify it, and you have to agree the whole uh, legislature has to agree on it. Then it can be voted on. But now, it's where am I in this process? Am I able to speak to give? information yeah you can always you, you pro- they might have a hearing okay. on this bill in fact they do all usually do have a hearing on the bill and uh that then you the public is invited to speak and can come in and talk and also uh you can talk to those other legislators mm-hmm. too okay especially on the committee well and i was this uh Metro bond measure. Now, for those out of Oregon, uh, Metro is a layer of government that the Portland Metro has that most uh, states don't have. So we get to pay taxes on another layer of government. But they passed a $300 million bond measure raising property taxes to fund homeless services. And I was involved in the drafting of that uh, Mm. part of the committee that I had to meet every week or every two weeks in that process and it got more intense at the end but then there was a point near the end before it went to the public for vote that i just said nothing the powers that be took over the conversation so and they started using language i'm like i don't know what they're talking about right at the moment so it was something that uh, metro initiated yeah it was initiated by uh, a nonprofit. And then it was uh, talked and the group built over time. And then I was invited to join. And then uh, because I was giving a certain angle on the the language and, and the, the reality of the situation. And then we had a series of meetings on, on once we got the, the, the approved draft, then we had to look at all the legal language with lawyers and get things tweaked and all of that, and then it went to the actual Metro officials, and then that's when hearings, as you said, and other things took place, but at some point, the Metro counselors just sort of took over the process to get it out to the public yeah. vote. Yeah, they have their own process, so yeah. that, that's now, which is good. Let's go back to whether, now, we've been talking mostly statewide. We'll get back to the state, because I want to talk about ballot initiatives, but on the city, how does it work on the city? I, I guess the way it works on the city level depends on what form of government your city has. Yeah. Right? yeah. Our city council, you just have to get a counselor. Yeah. Get them. Get their ear, huh? Get their ear, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah their ear is best. Yes. <laughs> and then. Strong arm them into something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I know some people, I mean, this is Portland, Oregon, where we live, so you can always yell and scream and do, you know, yeah. sort of flashbangs and all kinds of stuff, but but the people do. Here, yeah. I mean, actually, the part of City Hall, they've got a huge 
plaza out there, and I think they built that plaza for protesters, you know, it, yeah. it appears. But even the city council, you know, commissioners will come to your neighborhood or to your meeting if you invite them nicely mm-hmm. and uh, get their get their ear and, and treat them well, they'll come back. Yeah, you know, and then I, th- I guess the best thing I want to inform listeners is to study uh, on your own research how it works in your area. Yeah. Yeah. It could be county as well. That's right. Yeah. Now, Martin Luther King Jr. and them worked on the federal level. I suppose that is an animal all to itself, right? And how to get laws overturned. That's where you probably just have to hire professionals, I assume. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And uh, lobbyists. Thousands. They have thousands of lobbyists. Now, let's talk about this. So, before we get into the lobbyists, uh, as much as people can't stand lobbyists, they are necessary in the process because they're in the know on how to do things. But let's talk about uh, um, uh, ballot initiatives. In Oregon, this is where you can actually get a law out to public vote and bypass the legislator. So is it the same process getting that? Because I assume the legislator is still involved in this process. Are they not? Well, um, that's a good question. I don't know how they're involved. Yeah. I think, just, I think it has to, it has to the, the measure has to go through some process of approval by the state. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe the Secretary of State Secretary of State that. probably has to approve the language, make sure it fits the Constitution, of course. And, right. So, yeah, those kinds of things. I think yeah. that's all. I think that it, yeah, you might be right because they have to prove the signatures. They have to make sure the signatures are valid. Yeah. Yeah, and all of that. And if you want to know more, you can always email me and then we can get you the information you need to know these processes because we're not talking about totally concrete processes because when you're working to overturn an unjust law, as Martin Luther King Jr. gave us an example of, there is no concrete way to get it done. I mean, he ended up having to just flat out protest. He had to speak to thousands of people in public and just start rattling cages. So. Well, there's a, there's a uh, I don't want to call it a model or not a model, but a, a statement you have to uh, acknowledge that no major change has ever been done without a group of people behind it. Correct. And that's what Martin Luther King was doing. He was building the people behind him. Yeah. To, to make these changes that he wanted to make. So really what you're trying to do is not overturn an unjust law. You're trying to build a movement. That's right. Yeah. The movement gets the law overturned. That's right. And okay. there's no law that changed without a movement. Right. Now let's talk about that because we're talking about Martin Luther King Jr. who is obviously very influential. You may have a good idea of a law that needs overturned, changed, whatever, or added to the books, but you may not be the person for the job. In, in a process as taxing as this is, uh, what qualities should a person possess to lead the process? That's a good question, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I think for one thing, they got to just, I think they have to be emotionless almost because they have to be able to remain clear-headed at all times. That's right. That's That's a good point. But they also have to be good leaders. Mm-hmm. And they have to be willing, have to know how to lead disparate people. So you're going to have all kinds yeah. of people in your movement. Right. You know, not 
not people all who agree with you even, but want but see something useful in this. Mm-hmm. And you have to keep them on the track and and uh, overcome the discouragement. Mm-hmm. And uh, and because as Martin Luther King pointed out, it's a long process. Yeah, and uh, it and it's and it's a hurtful process sometimes because yeah. you're going to get a reaction. You end up dead, right? Yeah, you're yeah. going to get a reaction and to to what whatever you put out there. Yeah, and the reaction oftentimes is negative, mm-hmm. and just simply you know you see it in Portland, the reaction is negative. Yeah, and see, I was I was a. Uh, at a farmer's market yesterday, and there was a gal there as I was walking by. She said, uh, would you sign this petition for us? And I said, well, I'll see you on my way back. So I stopped on the way back, and they were not, it was actually not a, a petition for an initiative. What they were doing is collecting signatures of people to whom they could send information about this, uh, about this project they had. Oh, okay. And so I thought, well, that's kind of interesting. It's a yeah. way to build your ba- build your base. It's an interesting, yeah, yeah. way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, uh, I think a, a leader of this needs to be able to keep the long-term vision. And yeah, somebody asked me one time on a job I was applying for, you know, what are qualities of leader? And one of the things I said was that they can see the long-term vision at all times and still see the details. You know, at right now, the, and they've got to be able to keep people tracking with the vision because after a while, you know, people's kind of like, oh, you know, kind of tired and start phasing out. So you got to keep them tuned in to the thing. But let's talk about a n- different type of leader we uh, were we hinted on before. But this is a leader that uh, um, you have to have in the process, and that's a lobbyist. So let's talk about um, lobbyists and let's, who are they? How do you use them? What do they do? You hire them. You <laughs> hire them. They are for hire. Okay. They're guns for hire. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. You hire them and to do your work with the, with the state because they have access to the legislators and they know how to do that. They know how to talk to them. They know how to present stuff to them. And so they'll tell you about also about how to present this. Okay. might be the best and but they uh, they have the in in the legislator now a lobbyist are are they can you get any lobbyist i mean do they just work for any opinion that comes along or is there specifics I, you gotta look for I, I don't think so i think there's some who specialize in areas yeah and uh, so they they really um and you know, the Archdiocese of Portland has a lobbyist mm-hmm. that they pay. He's a part-time lobbyist for the Archdiocese yeah. who presents their ideas and uh, and and brings back in information about bills that might be of concern okay. to the Archdiocese. So they work both ways. You know, they inform the group and and uh, they also um, they also know the ins and outs of the legislators. Mm-hmm. They, they can tell you who might be on your side. Right. Who might be amenable to what you're doing. Very good. Now, final question as we get to the end of this episode is, why should someone persist to the end on this when the end is not necessarily near? <laughs> well, I'm not sure the question is, why should you? But why don't you? Yeah. yeah. I think the issue is, if you believe in this, mm-hmm. if it's a matter of justice, mm-hmm then 
that's your calling. Mm-hmm. You're called to do this, do the all the way through. And what I've done on long-term projects is I always visit the people who are suffering under the current conditions, so that I keep reminding myself, this is why I'm doing it. Yep. This isn't about laws on the books. It's about the, these people over here. Yeah. That are, yeah. It's about the justice involved. Yes. Well, this is hard work that we're talking about, and but thank God that others in the past did the long, arduous task to do this work. Otherwise, we'd still be stuck in some of the injustices of the past. <laughs> right. uh, black citizens now have equal rights because of the hard work of others. Slaves were set free. Many injustices have been corrected due to some rolling up their sleeves and getting to work to overturn unjust laws. Workers are suffering today, and we've been talking about employment injustice specifically in these recent episodes, but workers are suffering at the hands of injustice, and the good news is you can do something about it. Not just me and Father Jack, but you as a listener can actually be involved in the process of our society. So may we not come to the hour of our death, and I'm going to get a little sensitive here with you. May we not come to the hour of our death knowing that we remained idle while our brothers and sisters suffered. As Martin Luther King Jr. said, the only need for evil to persist is for good people to do nothing. And so I ask you to join us in confronting unjust laws. It's not fun but it is good and it is necessary for those who are suffering. So, Father, thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Would you be willing to pray a blessing over us? Sure. Loving God, you're a God of justice, a God of concern for your people. You are always with us and guide us and direct us. We ask your guidance in this work of justice. We ask your guidance so that the world can become a better place for people and for all those who, who suffer, especially those in, in uh, the victims of injustice. Give us your grace always so that we may be aware of your walking with us in this work. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Common Sense on Social Justice with your host, Michael Davis. A common sense and fresh perspective to creating justice where you are. Share your comments and questions with Michael by emailing sjcommonsense at gmail.com. That's sjcommonsense at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.